Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the June 23rd episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're looking at numbers 1362 through 1372 of the Catechism. The Sacrificial Memorial of Christ and His Body, the Church. 1362. The Eucharist is the memorial of Christ's Passover, the making present and the sacramental offering of his unique sacrifice in the liturgy of the Church, which is his body. In all the Eucharistic prayers, we find, after the words of institution, a prayer called the Anamnesis, or Memorial, 1363. In the sense of sacred scripture, the memorial is not merely the recollection of past events, but the proclamation of the mighty works wrought by God for men, In the liturgical celebration of these events, they become, in a certain way, present and real. This is how Israel understands its liberation from Egypt. Every time Passover is celebrated, the Exodus events are made present to the memory of believers so that they may conform their lives to them. 1364, in the New Testament, the memorial takes on new meaning. When the Church celebrates the Eucharist, she commemorates Christ's Passover, and it is made present. The sacrifice Christ offered once for all on the cross remains ever-present, as often as the sacrifice of the cross by which Christ our Pasch has been sacrificed is celebrated on the altar, the work of our redemption is carried out. 1365. Because it is the memorial of Christ's Passover, the Eucharist is also a sacrifice. The sacrificial character of of the Eucharist is manifested in the very words of institution. This is my body which is given for you. And this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. In the Eucharist, Christ gives us the very body which he gave us, which he gave up for us on the cross, the very blood which he poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 1366. The Eucharist is thus a sacrifice because it represents, makes present, the sacrifice of the cross, because it is its memorial and because it applies its fruit. Christ, our Lord and God, was once for and for all to offer himself to God the Father by his death on the altar of the cross to accomplish there an everlasting redemption. But because his priesthood was not to end with his death, at the Last Supper on the night when he was betrayed, he wanted to leave his beloved spouse, the Church, a visible sacrifice, as the nature of man demands by which the bloody sacrifice, which he was about to accomplish once and for all on the cross, would be represented, its memory perpetuated, until the end of the world, and its salutary power be applied to the forgiveness of of the sins we commit daily. 1367. The sacrifice of Christ and the sacrifice of the Eucharist are one single sacrifice. The victim is one and the same. The same now offers through the ministry of priests who then offered himself on the cross. Only the manner of offering is different. And since in this divine sacrifice which is celebrated in the Mass, the same Christ who offered himself once in a bloody manner on the altar of the cross is contained and offered in an unbloody manner, this sacrifice is truly propitiatory. 1368 The Eucharist is also the sacrifice of the Church. 
The church, which is the body of Christ, participates in the offering of her head. With him she herself is offered whole and entire. She offers herself to his intercession with the Father for all men. In the Eucharist, the sacrifice of Christ becomes also the sacrifice of the members of his body. The lives of the faithful, their praise, sufferings, prayer and work are united with those of Christ and with his total offering and so acquire a new value. Christ's sacrifice present on the altar makes it possible for all generations of Christians to be united with his offering. In the catacombs, the church is often represented as a woman in prayer, arms outstretched in the praying position, like Christ who stretches out his arms on the cross, through him, with him and in him. She offers herself and intercedes for all men. 1369. The whole church is united with the offering and intercession of Christ. Since he has the ministry of Peter in the church, the Pope is associated with every celebration of the Eucharist, wherein he is named as the sign and the servant of the unity of the universal church. The bishop of the place is always responsible for the Eucharist. Even when a priest presides, the bishop's name is mentioned to signify his presidency over the particular church in the midst of his presbyterium and with the assistance of deacons. The community intercedes for all sinners who, for it and with it, offer the Eucharistic sacrifice. Let only that Eucharist be regarded as legitimate, which is celebrated under the presidency of the bishop or him to whom he has entrusted it. Through the ministry of priests, the, the spiritual sacrifice of the faithful is completed in union with the sacrifice of Christ, the only mediator, which in the Eucharist is offered through the priest's hands in the name of the whole church in an unbloody and sacramental manner until the Lord himself comes. 1370. To the offering of Christ are united not only the members still here on earth, but also those already in the, in the glory of heaven, in communion with and commemorating the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints. The Church offers the Eucharistic sacrifice. In the Eucharist, the Church, as it were, at the foot of the cross with Mary, united with the offering and intercession of Christ. 1371. The Eucharistic Sacrifice is also offered for the faithful departed who have died in Christ but are not yet wholly purified, so that they may be able to enter into the light and the peace of Christ. Put this body anywhere. Do not trouble yourselves about it. I simply ask you to remember me at the Lord's altar wherever you are. Then we pray in the anaphora for the Holy Fathers and bishops who have fallen asleep and in general for all who have fallen asleep before us, in the belief that it is a great benefit on the souls on whose behalf the supplication is offered, while the holy and tremendous victim is present, by offering to God our supplications for all who have fallen asleep, if they have sinned, we offer Christ sacrificed for the sins of all, and so render favourable for them and for us the God who loves man. 1372. St. Augustine admirably summed up this doctrine that moves us to an ever more complete participation in our Redeemer's sacrifice, which we celebrate in the Eucharist. The holy redeemed city, the assembly and society of the saints, is offered to God as a universal sacrifice by the high priest, who, in the form of a slave, went so far to offer himself for us in his passion, to make us the body of so great a head. Such is the sacrifice of Christians, 
we who are many, are one body in Christ. The Church continues to reproduce the sacrifice in the sacrament of the altar, so well known to believers, wherein it is evident to them that in what she offers, she herself is offered. Okay, very good. So this um, this section here, talking about the sacrificial dimension of the Eucharist, is a long um, section. Um, well, it's long because that's the division that, uh, that, that, that we're using has, has decided to put this together. But it's all under a single subheading in the Catechism. And here we're looking at the sacrifice, but it is, um, again, it, it's something that is a little complicated, and that's why we, uh, that's why the Catechism deals with it in such depth, that there's a lot of intricate parts to it, because it's not that Jesus is killed again in every Eucharist. That isn't what we do. It's that it becomes present again, in the same way of this memorial, this anamnesis, the Greek word, is kind of what happens in the Jewish tradition. The Jews have this word zikaron, which means this memorial, this presence, that it becomes present again. That when the Jews participate in the Passover, they are really present. It is really they who left Israel. Even though that happened 3,200 years ago, the current Jews of today say that I was a slave. I was rescued. And this is how we're asked to re-enter something. Sometimes the big events in life don't finish. You know, they don't finish. You know, if you talk with somebody, um, maybe you're talking with an old person, your grandmother, who's been widowed, and she talks about her wedding day, and even though your grandfather is dead many years, for her, it's still there. This wedding day is still there. That it's still, it's still real, it's still present. Uh, the same thing with people who unfortunately have had a traumatic experience. These traumatic experiences continue, continue. Even if they've been healed physically, the trauma can continue. The, so the major events continue. That they, in a sense, they, 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 they go outside history. They're, they're beyond history. That they're not simply trapped in the past. And the liturgy is one of these. The liturgy even more so. That when we celebrate the liturgy, when we celebrate the sacraments, they become real. And what Christ suffered on the cross becomes real, becomes present. That we are brought back there. We're brought into contact with this passion. We're brought into contact with his resurrection. And everything through our participation, through our act of thanksgiving, we, we, we come into contact with the, with the roots of Christianity. We come into contact with the, the motor the centre of the universe, the motor of all creation, is to be found on the cross of Christ. And when we celebrate the Eucharist, this is present. It is truly present. That uh, really, it's as the Catechism says, it's one single sacrifice. And we're brought into this, and it can change us, and it can make us better people, and it can take us out of ourselves. It can even forgive sins, especially the venial sins. It can forgive them, and it can even uh, help those who, um, who are even dead. This is why the Church has this tradition uh, from nearly the very beginning of offering the Eucharist, offering Mass for, for, for people who have gone before us, for our relatives, for our friends, for even for our enemies who have passed away, to ask God to have mercy on them, and that by involving them in the celebration, it can help also to purify them, 
it can but it, it's to to see it not as something magical not as a, something like a, a sacrifice of uh, of old a sacrifice of the old testament but really it is um a representation a making present again of Christ's sacrifice on the cross so that by our uh, being close to the eucharist that this is the best place we can possibly be Again, with the quote there from uh, from St. Monica when she's dying. She's talking with St. Augustine and his brother. We don't know the name of the brother. But uh, he, she's talking to the two of them. And she's saying, look, it doesn't matter where you bury me. I just want you to remember me when you're close to the altar. When you're at Mass. When you're at the Eucharist to remember me. And this is even before Augustine had even thought of becoming a, uh, a bishop. It wasn't even in his dreams or even in his nightmares at that stage. And yet... This was always the faith of the Church, that by being close to the Eucharist, by being close to the altar, we're close to God, and that uh, we're close to his, um, to his great work, and that all of us is invited to be, to be involved, to see that when we're in the celebration of the Eucharist, God is present, is, is represented. The whole events of Christ's life are represented so to allow us to, to be close to the Lord and allow us to be transformed by his sacrifice and allow us to be forgiven and to be made into better people. So this is really why it's so important. This is why it's got this long section. And really all of us are invited to meditate on this, to be aware of what we're doing, not to just go through the, the rigmarole or go through the motions of going to, going to Mass, but to see that really it is the connection between heaven and earth and that we who are unworthy are invited there is one of the greatest gifts that the Lord has given us. And really it's a real work of his grace that he allows us to be involved in this thanksgiving, to be involved in this movement, to be involved in the representation of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So very well, tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we have 1373 through 1381. God bless.